0: All right, so our scripture comes from the Gospel of Matthew. Chapter 18, verses 1 through 5. Listen to God's word to us today. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a child whom he put among them and said, Truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever becomes humble like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. This is the word of the Lord. So the disciples, having the chance to sit with Jesus, ask, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? So a little different from the questions that you came up with and that were on your hearts. Who's the best? Who's the top dog in the kingdom of heaven? Who is in charge? I kind of want to go, really, disciples? This is what you have to ask this guy that you've been with for a long time. You've been traveling with him, going to heal people. How many times have you seen him cross social boundaries? Maybe like had to hold your breath, praying that no one would get hurt when he was doing something that was not the typical thing to do? Are you serious about this question? wanting to know who is going to be the greatest. We might have a temptation to pat ourselves on the back. like, Oh, we ask some pretty important questions, and maybe not this one competing about who is the best. But I think if we take a moment and are honest, this is very easy for us to relate to, too. One way or another, we too can aim for greatness. We might want to look the best, drive a nice car, at least look polished and successful. A young friend of mine this week reminded me how much pressure there is to look good in middle school. To be stylish, to have a good hair day, to be strong and accepted by your peers, just to be able to feel good in their presence. It can drive a kid to tears if they feel like they don't measure up. It's so important to have the right things. So the question may not be exactly who is the greatest, but for sure it's a close second. Am I good enough? Can I walk into this place and hold my head up high? I was thinking, it's not just the young people that feel this pressure. I I might have had a thought that, oh, you'll grow out of this. This won't last forever. But I think we adults can feel this way too. I mean, it's tied up into our basic survival. We want to stand out looking for a job, We want to have a polished resume. We want to look like we are capable and able to get the job done. So perhaps we are not so far off from the disciples in wanting to know what makes someone look good to be able to get that thing. What will bring prestige and recognition, a bonus? How do we advocate for ourselves? As I was looking at this passage, I had to take a glance at the Gospel of Mark, the first gospel that was written, the one that many of the other gospels take pieces of and rearrange for the community that they're speaking to. So looking at Mark, he tells the story a little bit different. Jesus and the disciples were traveling, and the disciples had been arguing and when Jesus asked them what they were arguing about, they fell silent. Because they had been arguing about who was the greatest. So Jesus pretty much schooled them, saying, whoever wants to be the first must be the last of all and servant of all. Now, the disciples in Mark are known to be bumbling and clueless for a long time. They don't get it, and they sure seem this way right now, arguing with one another about who is the greatest. But it took this comparison for me to see Matthew afresh, and that perhaps I was taking some of this from Mark and uh, bringing it along into Matthew of the uh, You can just imagine the bickering and posturing of what's happening there with the disciples. But here in Matthew, they weren't actually arguing amongst themselves. They were just asking the question, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? So it just led me to think about their experience of Jesus talking about this new place and this new world the kingdom of heaven. It was not any place like they had known. He was talking about something that didn't exist in their world, where clearly the rules are different, social standings are upended. It was something like that they had no context for, So in some ways, it kind of makes sense. They're just asking, who who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? What is this new place like? This new country? This kingdom that's not really a kingdom. So Jesus gave them a tangible learning opportunity he called over a child into their midst and said to them, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So it begs to ask the question, what does it mean to become like children? Uh, You know what? Do you want to chime in here? Didn't plan this, but what does it mean to become like children? Innocent. Innocent. Curious. Curious. Trusting. Full of energy. Full of energy. Yes. Mm -hmm. So if they are, uh, cared for and loved, they, uh, they show that back in how they look at you and how they welcome you. Uh, a child reunited with a parent joy on their face. Uh, what was coming to mind for me was uh, thinking about going for a walk with a toddler and, uh, You know, if you have any expectations of, like, doing your walk that you do for exercise, it's good to let go of them because they want to explore and stop and look at anything. A roly-poly, an earthworm, and then I was like, puddles! Oh, my goodness, if there is a puddle, there is so much to explore. So... uh, Innocence and curiosity, those were the things that come to mind and I think often do for us. But if we take ourselves back to the world that Jesus was living in, in Jesus' day, children were excluded from adult male society. So a group of men gathered together listening to a teaching or perhaps strategizing about what's to come, there were no children as a part of it. And likely, if there were any women, they were hanging back at the edge, trying to not be noticed. And there's a bit that, uh, I think we feel the repercussions of um, These practices and systems still today. But before we judge too harshly uh, or think about how far we yet have to go, I I think we could also just ask the question, how can we blame them? I mean, can you imagine having Bible study with all the kids around? How would you do it? Uh, It might drive us a little crazy to have a conversation. Children can be unpredictable And then that, depending on what is socially acceptable, can be threatening. So, particularly in Jesus' day, they were taught to be submissive. If we look back at the Gospel of Matthew, we can see that children have been in danger, they've been hungry, sick, and possessed by demons. So who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? To be a disciple of Jesus is to renounce typical values of greatness and to become as one of the most vulnerable. As I was thinking about this passage, an old friend came to mind, honestly somebody I hadn't thought of for years I was a young adult volunteer in Guatemala following college and served as a mission co-worker with the National Church. So that year I lived in a seminary in Guatemala and students would come in once a week for classes. And my friend Sam was studying there. Sam always looked incredibly polished, clean clothes, crisp collar, polished shoes, And one evening when we were hanging out, he shared some about his childhood and how for so many years, he had never had a pair of shoes and had pretty much grew up barefoot. It's hard to imagine how that would have been for his feet. You know, I thought blisters originally, but then it's really developing calluses lots of calluses, but dealing with mud, dampness, but what he really shared about that was less about the physical effects on his feet and more about what it meant for his social standing. He was set apart and clearly was in the have-nots and there was no way to hide it, it was a clear sign that you didn't fit in and that you definitely were not the greatest. And somehow that story came to mind as this is the space where the invitation lies for us, where Jesus calls us into discipleship and invites us not to scorn or separate, Not to feel embarrassed or ashamed, but to understand that our rules are not God's rules. That compassion and tenderness towards those most separated, towards those most vulnerable, that is the new rule. May it be so.